Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Flippin' Bats. Man, we got a ton to get to. This is going to be a blast of an episode. Justin Verlander, the first pitcher in baseball to 10 wins. Freddie Freeman, a lot of drama going on there. We'll get to all of that. Shohei Otani's incredible start. The Angels are free-falling, and it's the Thursday episode. We have a lot of fan questions to get to. Trivia, this is going to be a blast. Let's get to it. Let's go. It's a blowout. Eighth inning, 10 Bases are loaded for Verlander, who waits out of the real He swings, and it's a high fly ball. Deep center field. It is gone. Home run. And a huge bat flip to celebrate. All right, Ben, start the show already. Let's do this, everyone. This is going to be a blast of an episode. I got producer Conrad out here with me today. This Thursday episode is always a blast, always recorded live, so you can watch it if you want. But we really do have a ton to get to. Producer Conrad, pumped to have you out here. You're back. You're back in your position over there. Pumped to have you. Glad to be back, man. No one puts baby in the corner except you, Ben, and that's where I get to go, (laughs) right back to my corner. Let's get it going, though, man. Yeah, yeah. I want to start with... uh, I just off the top want to start with my brother, Justin Verlander, becoming the first pitcher in Major League Baseball to 10 wins this year. Now, you know, I don't often talk about him on this show. I feel like I do when I need to, when I should, when it's the right thing to do. And I I have to right now. The first pitcher in baseball to 10 wins after not pitching for two years he's 39 years old he's throwing 98 miles an hour he's making the Yankees and the Mets look silly on the road back-to-back starts it's truly incredible I tweeted this yesterday after his start against the Mets Justin Verlander after Tommy John surgery and almost two years of not pitching in Major League Baseball is the first pitcher to 10 wins this season wow this is this is pretty cool what we are seeing in his first 15 games this year He has 90-plus Ks, 10-plus wins, a 2.1 ERA or less, and a .84 whip or less, becoming the fourth pitcher in history to start a season with a span like that. That's remarkable. He's 39 years old and hasn't pitched in two years, and that's a stat that I can point to right now. So I just had to start the show at this 10 wins, first in baseball, absolutely incredible, and uh, just a really, really cool thing, and and I'm just happy to be able to start the show with that. So I want to move on real quick to get into uh, a lot of drama going on around baseball this week, and I want to start with Freddie Freeman, the Freddie Freeman saga. Man, oh man. So where do I begin with this? Let's just, a a complete breakdown of, of what has happened, what has been happening with Freddie Freeman in Los Angeles because there's it's been in the news a lot. So Bob Nightingale tweeted this, Freddie Freeman timeline. Atlanta offers five years, $135 million contract during the year. Atlanta raises it to five years, $140 million after the lockout. 
March 12th. Atlanta given one hour deadline to accept six years, 175 million or five years, 165 million. March 14th, Atlanta trades for Olsen. March 17th, Freeman signs with LA. So that's sort of the the breakdown of how the offseason worked out for Freddie Freeman. He sat there right next to me on the field in Houston on our big Fox Sports desk talking to A-Rod and David Ortiz and Kevin Burkhart and said, I want to be an Atlanta Brave. It's where my heart is. It's where my home is. I want to play in Atlanta. So the thought was Freddie Freeman is going to resign in Atlanta. There's no way he doesn't. He's going back. Then the lockout happens. Post-lockout, it becomes a little more uncertain. We, we weren't hearing anything. So it becomes, is there really a chance? Is there really a chance that this doesn't happen? And then it really did become a chance, and it, it became official when the Braves traded for Matt Olson, got their first baseman, locked him up for the future, and the, the rest is history. Then Freddie ends up signing in L.A. with the Dodgers, so now where are we? Now is where things get tricky and get interesting. Freddie Freeman, within the last week or so, went back to Atlanta. The Dodgers traveled to Atlanta to play the Braves, and Freddie Freeman went home. That's how this was branded. Freddie Freeman returning home. Well, I don't think even we could have imagined how this would turn out. We all knew it would be emotional. Uh, we all knew it would be a lot. But this was unlike anything that I have ever seen. Freddie Freeman, before the first pitch was even thrown in the first game, did a press conference, the Freddie Comes Home press conference. He couldn't get through it. He was a wreck, an emotional wreck. He was in tears the whole time. And, and, and I will say this, I think it's easy to forget, these are athletes, but these are human beings. It's easy to forget the emotional side of things, the human side of things. Freddie Freeman spent his entire career from the draft until a few months ago in an Atlanta Braves uniform. And now he goes back where his best friends are, his manager, the security workers in the stadium, concession workers. You get to know all of those people. So yes, we knew it would be emotional, but I didn't know it would be this emotional. Before the first game, also, he comes out for the ring ceremony. He's called out onto the field for the first time. He's announced back at Atlanta Stadium at Truist gets his ring, and again, the emotions are flowing, rightfully so. And the Braves crowd did an awesome job and was very emotional, and uh, everybody was cheering, and Freddie, again, couldn't really get through it. And then later during this series, they, the, the camera shows a shot of him at first base, and he just looked sad. There's really no other way to put it except Freddie Freeman goes back home and looked like he wishes he was still an Atlanta Brave. That's just what it looked like, okay? So that begged Clayton Kershaw, legend, Dodger legend, to come out with a statement. Now, Clayton Kershaw does not mince words. He never says things that he doesn't feel. But Clayton Kershaw came out and made a statement about Freddie Freeman and said it was very cool to see Freddie go home. He's obviously been a big contributor for our team. I hope we're not second fiddle, Kershaw said. It's pretty special team that we have here too. I think whenever he gets comfortable over here, he'll really enjoy it. 
I hope we're not playing second fiddle to the Braves, says Dodger legend Clayton Kershaw. There was also a statement from Chipper Jones, who stated, I don't agree with the way that Freddie's side has handled this. If you wanted to play in Atlanta, you play in Atlanta. He also went on to say, you maybe take a little less to be happy and play in a place that is comfortable for you. But the main point of that is, I don't agree with the way this was handled. If you want to play in Atlanta, you play in Atlanta. Now, I'll get to my point here in a minute, but I just want to continue to lay all of this out. This is pretty much going in chronological order here. And this, all of this stuff is happening recently. Buster Olney, right after that, right after that series, tweets out, breaking news, sources. Freddie Freeman, who has told friends he's angry with how his free agent negotiations played out, is changing representation away from Excel. He is currently listed as being self-represented. Now, Freddie Freeman immediately responded to that, saying, okay, well, wait a second. Last weekend in Atlanta was a very emotional time for me and my family. I am working through some issues with my longtime agents at Excel. My representation remains a fluid situation, and I will update if needed. So right there, it's okay, well, is he with Excel still or not? Because along the whole time here, my thought was, well, if he was really that upset and wanted to be back in Atlanta, why hadn't he fired his representation? Well, then it came out that he did. But then he came out with that statement. And since that, since that day, since that series, there have just been some wild tweets thrown out there with crazy accusations from from sides and his agency having to respond saying those accusations are just extremely false and there's no truth to those. I mean, this situation isn't without its drama. So that's where we sit today. There's a lot of drama. There's a lot of he said, she said, and there is certainly a lot of emotions involved with Freddie Freeman. Here's what I will say here. I I do agree with Chipper to some degree. If If Freddie Freeman wanted to be an Atlanta Brave, and let's say, for the sake of argument, that he was was frustrated with his representation and he wanted to be an Atlanta Brave, he should have picked up the phone and called Alex Anthopoulos and said, hey, I don't know what's going on with my agent and the GM or my agent and you. I want to talk to you person to person. I want to play in Atlanta Do you want me to play here? If so, let's get this done right now. That's what I think should have happened, and and it clearly didn't happen because now he's in Los Angeles. I don't know how anyone could disagree with what Chipper Jones has to say. I think that's one of the beautiful things about free agency, right? Is that you have a choice. And it's not like Atlanta came to him and was like, hey, we're going to give you five years, $100 flat. They still were going to pay him in abundance over that to stay there. So when you're Freddie Freeman, I see this, and I understand the feelings and emotions, but there's a part of me that can't really relate to it because Freddie had the choice to stay. And yeah. it's it, it's so weird to me. It, it It's all such a weird situation. Now, what what I will say is if, if Freddie wasn't getting the full story from his agent's side or whatever it may be, we don't know the full story. Let's just get that out there. We don't know what's happening with his agent and him. Nobody knows that but Freddie Freeman and his agency. Nobody knows that. But I think we can confirm and all be in agreement here 
that there's something going on. I mean, now he goes back to Atlanta, he comes back, and now it all comes out that his agency, he, he isn't, it says he fired his agency, and then he had to come out and say, well, I'm working through some issues. There's clearly something there, and it clearly revolves around this contract situation. Freddie Freeman is one of the superstars in Major League Baseball. He is a most valuable player. If he disagrees or wants something to happen, he can pick up the phone and make it happen. That's where all my confusion comes in. I have never seen, and producer Conrad, let me let me toss this to you. I don't know if you have ever, I don't think I have ever in history seen a player go back to where his career was and be as emotional and and obviously there's always emotions involved with stuff like this but freddie legitimately looked like he wanted to be playing for the atlanta braves when he was there i have never seen anything like it and growing up in ohio i mean lebron made as what's known as the biggest free agent decision in history of sports and his first game back in cleveland there was no tears it was just buckets there were there was no like hey i'm so sorry i left there's all this emotion it was no you guys didn't give me the supporting cast. I couldn't bring a championship here yet, and it was good. But it, it seems like Freddie got the championship. He won an MVP there. He had been there for what ten plus years. Oh yeah. It yeah. it was very much a situation where like this is very weird. Yeah. Like why you're so emotional, but at the same exact time, like you chased the paychecks instead of staying in Atlanta. Well, so I I won't say he chased the paycheck because I I don't think this is I don't think this is a money thing, and I hate the argument that. You know, when all of this is coming out and people say, well, who cares? He's making over $100 million. Either way you look at it, I don't feel bad for the guy. No, 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 no. That's that's not what's that's not the argument here. This is a human being that clearly wanted to play in Atlanta. So there's something happening. And the only way that I can envision him being this emotional is if, okay, he went back and realized, man, I made the wrong decision here. Because when all is said and done, once you take Los Angeles taxes into account here, and we can both vouch for this, they're not great. <laughs> He's not making more money in L.A. really than he would have been in, in Atlanta. So, yes, he ultimately made the decision. But was there something involved there that he wasn't given the full story or he wanted he in hindsight realizes he wants to sign? I don't know. Just a really odd situation uh, and clearly something that he wishes that I don't know. I think he wishes he was still playing in Atlanta. There's no doubt in my mind he still wishes it. And you read off Kershaw's comments. This hasn't yeah. been something that just got brought up this weekend where people might have felt that he was kind of a little distant with the team or anything like that. This is someone that's obviously been around him the last three, four months and is like, hey, man, you with us or are you not with us? Right. So there, there's been there's been stuff going on, apparently, for Clayton Kershaw to come out and say that is a lot. But I, I, I will say this. And I will end with this. At the end of the day, drama aside, Freddie Freeman's job right now is to play first base for the Los Angeles Dodgers. And he is doing that at a fantastic clip. He's hitting 308 entering today, and he's coming off an NL Player of the Week award. He enters today, as in Thursday, on a 13-game hitting streak. So aside from all of this, Freddie Freeman is a true professional, and he will get the job done no matter where he is playing. There's just a lot of drama involved here that makes one believe, including myself, that Freddie Freeman still wishes he was doing this in an Atlanta Braves uniform. You're absolutely correct. You know what? And I'm so happy that we got to be there to watch Freddie win that championship because even if he were to be in L.A. and this people might not believe it, he could probably win two or three more championships for the Dodgers. Wouldn't mean as much as that one he won with Atlanta because that was home to him. Yeah. 
And uh, that's just kind of how it all rolls with free agency. But let's move on to the Los Angeles Angels and their current free fall. <laughs> Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real Steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The Angels are a mess. They're a mess. And they're coming off of a a series against the White Sox where, yes, they won the series. But I just don't know what to say other than this is just not good. This team is to start the year, had playoff aspirations, as it feels like they do every year. And it started to feel like they were doing things a little differently this year, doing it the right way. They go out and they just add a bunch of pitchers. They add Noah Syndergaard, uh, Michael Lorenzen, Aaron Loop, Archie Bradley, re-sign Rysel Iglesias. And you start thinking, okay, maybe this is doing it the right way. Maybe let's see now, after all these years, we've been clamoring for pitching. They go out and they get some pitching. Let's see how we do. Well, it just hits a wall. They go on the longest losing streak in franchise history. Anthony Rendon can't stay healthy, can't stay on the field. They end up getting in a massive brawl. Archie Bradley, one of the guys they bring in, falls over the dugout railing and fractures his elbow during this fight. I mean, the the Los Angeles Angels are they they're just allergic to winning lately. I don't know what it is. It's unbelievable. I truly feel and I worry about this that the years of Otani and Mike Trout, the MVPs, the years of Otani and Trout are being wasted. And wasted is a strong strong word. I understand that. But with Otani and Trout's four MVP wins, the Angels have had the AL MVP in four of the last eight seasons. Trout also finished runner-up in two of those seasons. The Angels have had either the MVP or the MVP runner-up in six of the last eight seasons. During that eight-game span, the Angels had an overall record of 592 and 602, under 500. They've had two seasons in those eight seasons above 500, and they've had one playoff appearance in which they got swept. This is ridiculous. It happened again the other night. Last week, Mike Trout hit a home run. Shohei Otani went three for three with two doubles, and the Angels lost to the White Sox. They were losing 10 to four. I sent out a tweet. At the time, they were losing 10 to four. They lost worse than that. That's the tweet. That's the all-time tweet. You could tweet this almost every time the Angels play baseball. Mike Trout has homered tonight. Shohei Otani is 3-for-3 with a home run, two doubles, and a walk. And the Angels trail 10-to-4. Incredible. That was my tweet. This is remarkable. We are wasting the prime of two of the greatest talents in the history of Major League Baseball. I wanted to do some research here on Mike Trout and Shohei Otani versus the rest of the team, just for fun, just to see how it all played out, okay? So Trout currently has a war of 4.2. Shohei Otani has a war of 3.9. So they have a combined 8.1 war. 
Shohei Otani and Mike Trout, 8.1. The rest of the team, as in every other player on the team combined, pitchers and hitters, have an 8.4 combined war. Trout and Otani alone are 8.1. Entering today, Otani and Trout have hit 40 of the 96 homers, scored 99 of the 327 runs, driven in 96 of the 327 runs, and have drawn 72 of the 241 walks. All over a quarter of what the team has done. Most of them being well over a quarter of what the team has done. This team is, yes, built around Shohei Otani and Mike Trout now, or Mike Trout and now Shohei Otani in the last couple of years. It's been remarkable, but we are wasting the prime of these guys. So I really started to think of why. What is going on? How are they wasting the prime? So one of those being they're just doing dumb contracts with guys, to be quite honest with you. And it started years ago. Obviously, I don't put this one in the same category, but it started Josh Hamilton. You bring him in when he was one of the best players in baseball. That contract just didn't end up working out. Albert Pujols, you bring him in for 10 years and $240 million. Albert Pujols is one of the greatest players of all time, but they signed him to a 10-year contract when he was 32 years old. 32 years old is when they started that contract. We all know that didn't work out, but it tied up the payroll and is still affecting this team and will for a long time to come. That messed them up. Then Anthony Rendon, one of the better players in baseball when they sign him, seven years, $245 million. He was 30 years old when they signed him. He has the fifth highest annual salary in baseball. Only Mike Trout? Garrett Cole, Max Scherzer, and Carlos Correa make more than Anthony Rendon this year, and he's not playing, and he didn't last year. It is remarkable. The Angels, it all went downhill. We say Angels in free fall. It all happened at that losing streak when they lost 14 in a row. Their first 44 games of the year, 27 and 17, a plus 53 run differential, scored 4.8 runs per game and allowed 3.6. All right. Since then, their last 34 games, 10 and 24. A negative 49 run differential, scored 3.4 runs per game, and allowed 4.8. Completely flipped. Completely. This team's in shambles. They fired their manager. They bring in interim manager Phil Nevin, who we had on the show recently, by the way. Really fun, really good interview. Go listen to that. They brought him in, and it hasn't seemed to, to really change the direction of this team. Uh, it hasn't been good. Then they obviously get in the massive brawl the other day uh, that tons of players. This was, this was when I say brawl, this was a brawl. Suspensions, all that good stuff. The, the, here are the suspensions from the Angels-Mariners brawl. Phil Nevin got 10 games, the manager, 10 games. Jesse Winker, seven games. J.P. Crawford, Anthony Rendon, Dom Chidi, five games. Andrew Wantz, Ryan Tapera three games. Julio Rodriguez, Rysel Iglesias, Ray Montgomery, Manny Del Campo, two games. Bill Has uh, Hasselman, one game. Oh man, this is this is a mess. The Los Angeles Angels are a mess. 
Phil Nevin declined to say what he thinks about getting a 10-game suspension the other day for the brawl. He laughed at the fact his suspension will end during the Angels series in Baltimore where his son plays. He said it's kind of cool he'll get to watch his son Tyler play as a father. So, I mean, there's, there's a guess, a silver lining. Other than, You have one silver lining here. It's Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, what they are doing. And what they are doing is better than anybody else almost in baseball. It is remarkable. So, yes, the Angels are in free fall. I don't know how they figure it out. Clearly, they need to do better than they are. This tweet is an all-time tweet, and this reigns true today, and it forever will. You might have seen it already, but I will read this, and you will laugh, and you will see. This is from over a year ago, by the way. But here's the famous tweet now. Every time I see an Angels highlight, it's like, Mike Trout hit three home runs and raised his average to 528, while Shohei Otani did something that hasn't been done since Tungsten Arm O'Doyle of the 1921 Akron Groomsmen, as the Tigers defeated the Angels 8-3. I tweeted something very similar that was facts the other night. That's how true this still remains. The Angels are a mess. They are in shambles, and I don't know the answer. There might not be an answer. But I do have a couple questions. Hit me. At what point do you look at what they're doing over the last five, eight, ten years and go, this is not working. We have to start moving some of these names. Yeah, I think so. The blueprint that they have, we've talked a lot about blueprints for success this year and how teams have just figured out a certain blueprint for success. The Houston Astros have certainly figured out. The Tampa Bay Rays have figured out a blueprint with what they have. The Angels had a blueprint and it's failing miserably. (laughs) Their blueprint was, okay, we'll have these guys be our core and then we will just build massive con. We'll just throw all the money in the world at aging guys who are still on top of the world. Well, guess what? Those contracts don't work out because two years into it, those guys are 34. Albert Pujols is 34, two years into his 10-year contract, and the production's just not there anymore. So their blueprint for success is awful. And at some point, you're just going to have to tear it all down and build up around guys. And are those guys going to be Mike Trout and Shohei Otani? I don't know. Because those guys have been vocal about, hey, I just want to win. Mike Trout is locked up for the future. Shohei isn't. And he said, I just want to win baseball games. So the Angels need to figure it out, and they need to figure it out fast. That's the problem. I don't think this is a situation you figure out fast. Because if you're an Angels fan, you look at Otani, you look at Trout, and historically with all these big trades in Major League Baseball, the team that gets the superstar is the team that usually always wins the trade, right? And in this case, I don't know what you would give up for either one of those guys. And then you have to get rid of of not just one, but both of them. Because if you give up Trout this year or next year, then Otani's going to look at and go, okay, this is a rebuild. I'm out of here too. Yeah. I mean, I I don't see a world in which, look, Mike Trout's not going anywhere. He's not. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Shohei Otani just hasn't hasn't been wrapped up for the future. So what does his future hold? I don't know. But all he said is that he wants to win and the Angels aren't winning. But it's not his fault that the Angels aren't winning, which leads me to this next point of Shohei Otani continuing to be the best pitcher in baseball over the course of the last month. What we saw over the court last night, he pitched on Wednesday and was again absolutely dominant. Five and two thirds, 11 punch outs on the mound. Again, great on the mound. Let's look at June, okay? Let me talk to you about the month of June for Shohei Otani. Just really 
soak this all in, okay? Just this month, Shohei Otani has had an 11-game hitting streak, which tied a career high. He has a game in which he had eight RBIs, a career high. He had a game in which he struck out 13 batters, a career high. Might I add, he did those on back-to-back nights. He has the hardest home run hit of his entire career, 118 miles an hour. And he has a 21 and two-thirds consecutive innings scoreless streak all in this month. His ERA is now down to 2.68. Over the last three weeks, Shohei Otani has put up 2.5 wins above replacement. He has been the single best pitcher in baseball and the 15th most productive offensive player. So many take for granted what he's doing. Don't. I, I certainly don't. But it's it's remarkable. Sarah Langs, great with statistics. If you don't follow Sarah Langs, you got to follow her. Pitchers with 30-plus strikeouts and no runs allowed in a three-start span since 2000. Shohei Otani, Jacob deGrom, Chris Sale, Clayton Kershaw, CeCe Sabathia, John Lackey, Johan Santana, Pedro Martinez, Chan Ho Park. Otani has also hit four home runs during the span. How, I I feel like I'm constantly saying this. How does everybody in the entire world that loves the game of baseball not appreciate Shohei Otani as much as I do? We will never, ever see a player like Shohei Otani again in our lifetime. And we have never seen one to this point in Major League Baseball history. He's in the midst of 21 and two-thirds consecutive scoreless innings. Guys, in the last month, Shohei has been the best pitcher in baseball. He also rakes at the plate. It is remarkable. So... We talk about the Angels and how they're not playing great, but Shohei Otani is on top of the world and absolutely dominant. He is eighth in baseball in strikeouts. Eighth. He has two less starts than everybody ahead of him on that list. It's unbelievable. That's the word that comes to mind with Shohei. Well, a couple do. Legend. Unbelievable, perfect, great, greatness. I could go on, but I mean, it truly is. He continues to be, and I I need you to hear this. He has been the best pitcher in baseball, and he's also hitting at an all-star level and raking at the plate. He has 16 homers on the year, and what he is doing is just remarkable. It is absolutely remarkable, and it's time to get to a little segment we're doing with the top five best pitches in baseball. Mr. Otani might be on this list. Maybe he is. Let's talk about it. I wanted to come up with my top five pitches. So any pitch from any pitcher, but top five pitches in baseball. So let's get to that, and let's start at number five. At number five on my list, I have Kevin Gosman's splitter. Oh, this splitter is dynamite, and ever since the last two years, in the last two years, Kevin Gosman has totally transformed his game, and his splitter is absolutely on this list. Let's move on to number four on my list of top pitches in baseball. 
Devin Williams' changeup. It's unbelievable. It might be one of the greatest changeups there there is. I mean, obviously you have Pedro Martinez's changeup, but Devin Williams' changeup is unbelievable. Moving on to number three, Shohei Otani's splitter. There it is. We were just talking about him and how he has been the best pitcher in baseball. The best pitcher in baseball over the last month. 21 and two-thirds scoreless inning streak. Still going. His splitter's a big reason why, but this year everything is really transformed for him. His command is there. His slider looks really good. But his splitter, since he came into the league, has been one of the best pitches, if not the best pitch, in baseball. Moving on to number two, Jacob DeGrom's four-seam fastball. How do you not put this on the list? And I was just, we just had Pitching Ninja on Flippin' Bass uh, a week ago, and he talked about Jacob DeGrom's fastball and what makes it so good. And I'll say as well, what makes it so good is not only that it's 102 miles an hour, but he can pinpoint it on the outside or the inside of the plate. It's literally like he could throw a dart on the outside corner of the plate. He's out there throwing darts with a baseball at 102 miles an hour. It's remarkable. Jacob deGrom's four-seam fastball comes in at number two on my list. So who does that leave at the number one spot? Corbin Burns' cutter. Corbin Burns was this week's guest on Flippin' Bats, and he actually talked about that cutter and how it came to be, how he learned the pitch, how he got to throwing it. It was a Awesome conversation with him, picking his brain on that and how he throws it and all that good stuff. Guys, he throws his cutter at upper 90s. This is upper 90s, and he backdoors it beautifully. He can throw it in on lefty's hands. He can do whatever he wants with it. But as with DeGrom's four-seam fastball, it's like he's throwing darts. He can pinpoint it wherever he wants. It is, it is the perfect pitch. It was recently compared by Buck Showalter, a legend in the game of baseball, to Mariano Rivera's cutter. He said, and I quote, imagine Mariano Rivera, but as a starter. That's how good Corbin Burns' cutter is. And in my opinion, Corbin Burns has the best pitch in the game of baseball. So that rounds out this top five list. Corbin Burns' cutter, Jacob deGrom's four-seamer, Shohei Otani's splitter, Devin Williams' changeup, and Kevin Gosman's splitter as well. People don't realize how hard it is to put People a list don't like that together. We, it's we, true. We were like deep, deep in the analytics yesterday talking about which guys had the best pitches. There's just so many guys that have good stuff. It's, it is, in a word, impossible. But, I mean, there are. I, I could have done a list of top 20 pitches. There's, there's guys that I feel bad leaving off the list. Clay Holmes' sinker. Uh, Emmanuel Classe's 101-mile-an-hour uh, cutter. I mean, it's impossible to put a list together like this, but I do feel great about it. So we're gonna, we went with that, and I like that. Well, I'm glad you feel great because now it's time to do some trivia. This is usually the part of the show where things start not feeling as great. Speak for, uh, excuse me, you might not have been here in the last month, but the last two trivias <laughs> I've done really well. I went A- minus and A. So the last two trivias, might I add, have been great. Hey, we gave you some soft pitch while I was gone. I love it. Mm-hmm. I'm back now. Well, okay, he comes up with the questions even when he was on the road. Okay, so come on. All right, let's get it going then. We got the music rolling? All right. First one, Shohei Otani has 24 strikeouts over his last two outings. Who was the last Angels right-hander to have that many strikeouts in consecutive starts? Um, John Lackey. Ooh, Nolan Ryan. 
1979. Nolan, Nolan Ryan? Yeah. I've heard of him. Pretty good. Yep, pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty All right. Pretty oh, for one. Next one. Got a couple of good Otani ones in here. You ready? Who has more career home runs? Shohei Otani or Ichiro Suzuki? Oh, each, I mean, sorry. Shohei Otani does. Oh, sorry. Wrong. Ichiro. I meant Ichiro. <laughs> I meant Ichiro. You meant, you meant Ichiro? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. That one's tough. Yeah. So I did, I, I did, I did know that. I just blurted out Shohei Otani. But so I won't give myself credit for that. I'll deduct myself some points. I will say I was wrong. But I did know that one. It's just longevity of career. Also, uh, Ichiro could have hit hundreds of more homers. I feel like. I mean, I feel like I feel like he should have probably done that. Then maybe I could have got to watch a playoff game. Maybe. Well, he's he was vocal in saying like I could have hit more homers. I just felt like I should get on base more and and do this and and he didn't. But no, it makes sense. I mean, they're actually pretty close, closer than what you might think. Ichiro is at one seventeen. Otani's at one ten. So he will pass him. So he'll he'll pass him very soon. Yeah. All right. Well, 0 for 2, technically, even though I did know that one. I just got excited, and you said the name Shohei, and I just went, oh, Shohei uh, Otani, but I happened to answer the question. I was wrong. 0 for 2. All right, here we go. True or false, the Cleveland Guardians, so progressive field where they play at, is the smallest stadium in Major League Baseball, attendance-wise. This is tricky because I don't know why you would ask this if it if it wasn't true, but... I don't feel they just built a new. I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say false. Fenway Park is. Ooh, I got him. I got him. I see. I'm starting to get in your head. I know how it works. My original question I came up with. The answer is true. By the way, the Cleveland Guardians have the smallest attendance what? stadium in Major League Baseball. That's wild. So the original question I was gonna ask was if Fenway Park had the smallest, and I knew that you would have said false, because you would have been like, "You're asking this, so it can't be right." Yeah, that's true. That is true. So, tech, do I get a point there? <laughs> no, you don't. All right, 0 for 3. Good Lord, but not good. Fenway Fenway is the third smallest. Okay. Second, can you guess second? Mm, Camden Yards? No, I think that was like fifth or sixth. Miami. Miami's number really? two. Yeah, brand new stadium. Surprising, right? Well, yeah. That's why it's trivia, man. That's why it's trivia. Okay. <laughs> well said. <laughs> Who was selected second overall in the 2013 MLB draft? What? Behind, behind, I'm sorry. Behind, was it, is it Mark uh, Appel? Oh, behind Mark Appel. Yeah. He came out first strikeout of history, what was it, two days ago? Yeah, Mark Appel. Yeah, we need to have a whole conversation about Mark Appel. But who was drafted after him? Yeah. In 2013? Really bad draft class. Yeah, thanks. That was my draft class. Um, I don't I don't know. I don't know. Is that, is that what we're going to go on the record with? I don't know. Uh, 2013, second. You're going to kick yourself for this one. Second overall in 2013. Was it, was it, it wasn't, Correa was first pick. Was it, oh, wait, 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 it was Bregman. No. It was Chris Bryant. Dang it. (laughs) Oh, man. This is why trivia is great, because Ben sucks and... We get a lot of laughs. Here we go. Thanks for throwing the 2013 draft class under the bus there, though. That was really nice of you. I saw a bunch of stats from it. It really turned out not great. Well, top 10. I should say the top 10 picks. Yeah, once you get to the the 13th 13th round. Once you get to the 14th round, the Detroit Tigers pick is where it really goes down. Heats up, yeah. (laughs) All right, next up. A little which is more. Which has more 
Aaron Judge multi-home run games in his career or Michael Phelps gold medals? All right, here's where I think, let me go inside my brain here. In the past, I would have taken Aaron Judge and said, well, you would pick the baseball answer of this. No, wait, you used to do, oh no, now my head is in shambles. I'm going to take Aaron Judge multi-home run game. Oh, I'm going to tell you wrong on that. Oh my God, I got, I played myself. I played myself. Aaron Judge has 22 career multi-home run games. Michael Phelps, 23 gold medals. This is not good this is this is going fantastic all right next up which is more beyonce grammys or tony gwen multiple strikeout games beyonce grammys oh no this is unbelievable how how many more do i have so i have to get one well yeah you have to let everyone know beyonce's second all-time in grammys out of anybody second all-time 28 of them Tony Gwen had 34 career multiple strikeout games in 2,440 games. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. I knew that. but I So I would have assumed Beyonce had more. I mean, to be second all-time in Grammys isn't too bad at 28. I know, nobody in history has 34 Grammys. This is, this is wild. You, I, got, I, you, got, you got two more chances. Okay. Two more chances to get one right. Okay. All right. I think you're going to get this one. <laughs> Which pitcher has the most consecutive strikeouts to start a game? But I have three answers for you. Okay. A, Pablo Lopez. B, Jacob deGrom. C, Aaron Nola. Most consecutive strikeouts to start a game. Pablo Lopez. There you go. We got one, baby. We're on the board. Nine. Shout out Pablo Lopez. Also, fun fact about Pablo Lopez, he is tomorrow's guest. He is Friday's guest on Flippin' Bats. So not only does he have that record, but he is also now in the record books of being on Flippin' Bats, which is arguably cooler. I would argue that. Maybe others would, but... Pretty cool stuff. And it's a great interview. Really, really good stuff. Pablo Lopez, I mean, I have to say real quick, what a brilliant mind. Brilliant. I mean, I don't think people realize how smart he is. He might be, might be, the most intelligent person in all of baseball. I don't think it'd be, that'd be far-fetched to say. Yeah, I don't, yeah. He's he's really smart guy. Uh, last question, bonus for trivia. Career episodes of flipping bats or fastest pitch in Otani's career. So which is more? Career episode and career episodes in flipping bats or fastest velocity from Otani. Well, this is episode number 100 of flipping bats, which is pretty cool. But I do know Shohei Otani has thrown harder, so I'm taking Shohei. There you go, bonus. That's like a money ball. That's like 10 points right there. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Episode 100, Otani's 101. Pretty cool, by the way. Take a moment to appreciate that. This started. About a little over a year ago, um, and this is officially Flippin' Bats episode number 100, which I'm pretty proud of. It takes it takes a lot for me in life to be like proud of moments because I always believe that there's more, more, more. Go push harder, push harder, work harder. But I do sit back and appreciate some moments when they come along, and this is one of them. So this show um, has started from the ground up. This is episode number 100. 
I hope you all have enjoyed it along the way. Um, this is this is pretty cool. 100 is pretty cool. It's extremely cool. And I mean, the fact that we've been able to do 100 shows and to see how much everything is transformed. I just wish people could see behind the scenes of how much things have transformed. I mean, we got so many cool things in here now. We have this beautiful set, so many people helping on the show, and there's so many people that made this show possible. Yeah, It's been unbelievable over the last year and a half to be doing this show, and to be at 100 episodes is, frankly, quite wild. Yeah, yeah, pretty cool, man. But uh, let's move on to one of our final segments. We got Pick to Click. Yes, I don't even know if I submitted my Pick to Click here, so I will be announcing it live. This is a big reveal for me. Um, so for my Pick to Click today... Well, hang on. Can we at least say that I won Pick to Click last week? No. <laughs> yes. yes. So, yes, you won Pick to Click last week. Uh, yours was, oh, this was cheating. You picked Jordan to hit two homers and have five RBIs, which is a given. I picked Freddie Freeman to hit a homer back in Atlanta. So I had a player hitting one home run in a three-game set. You had a player hitting two home runs in seven games, So what, or six. It's okay. You have the two-and-one record lead all time. It's I okay. do. Two and one all time. So pick to click. Would you like to lead off today? No, man. I'm going to let you go first. Okay. My pick to click today, which we're not going to have a topic for, I don't believe, topic bar for because I didn't submit this until just now. I'm going to take Robbie Ray, friend of the podcast, who's been pitching much better of late. He's been looking really good. Back to his Cy Young form. I'm going to take Robbie Ray in his outing next week or this coming between now and next show to throw at least seven innings and to have eight or more strikeouts. Ooh, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. I'm gonna. I, I have two of them. I'm gonna go double bonus because I'm gonna go for the all-time win here. Uh, official last pick to click for me. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go all out. I'm gonna try to win this bad boy here. So I'm gonna say the Mariners win the next two series against a four-game series against the Athletics, and then it's a two-game series against the Padres, and then I'm gonna say. Shohei Otani, multiple home runs this week. I think the bats come way alive. Multiple home runs this week. Okay, so let me get this straight. You're just random. You're just picking two, and didn't like I don't get to pick two. That's how it works. Okay, well, I'm gonna pick two right now, and my my second one is gonna be that both of your pick to clicks do not come true. Oh, not my one might, but I don't believe that you hit on both of them. That is my second. Okay, there we go. Then there we go. You could you could end up blowing me out of the water with both of those now. Yeah, that is my second pick. Well, let's uh, (laughs) let's finish up the show with a little fan questions. We got some great ones this week, so we got to get some fan questions. Let's do it. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Fan questions time. Thursday show. Submit your questions. It could be anything you want, and I will answer them. So let's get to it. Uh, What do we have up first? Trip, throw it in the wall. Ooh, up first from George Moore. Biggest snubs for All-Star game or teams with most least All-Stars? So I'll I'll go biggest snubs for the All-Star game. Um, The final voting, uh, not the final voting, but the voting for the first phase of the All-Star game has come to an end as we sit here right now. It has not been announced. So the next episode of Flippin' Bats, not the guest interview. So Monday, we will go all in on the voting update. But so I will talk about biggest snubs. And so far for me, I have, I'm have i going to say Byron Buxton. 
Um, Byron Buxton is an unbelievable talent in the game of baseball. And if he doesn't make the all-star game, it is a travesty. He should be there. I'll take Byron Buxton as this answer. answer. Love it. Let's get to the next question. Ooh, buddy. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'll read this one. Yeah, you can't read. So, With Manfred announcing that he would like to expand to 32 teams, which cities are you most interested in getting either a second chance at a franchise or a new franchise in general? Along with that, would you see MLB going to an NFL system? Two leagues, eight divisions, four teams per division. A lot to take in there. Impressive that they fit that in with the character limit on Twitter, might I add. Um, so what cities would I like to see get a team? So I have to pick two here. One, I'm for sure going Nashville. I would love to see Nashville get a team. They have a AAA team there that has done really well. I would like to see them get a big league team. When I think major cities that need uh, a team, I go to Nashville. If I had to stick with one more, because there's like five that I would pick and want to have a team. Uh, so just missing the cut here would be Charlotte. New Orleans, um, Montreal, love to see them get one back. Second, I'm going to take Las Vegas. It just ah, seems there we go. with this with this trend of teams moving to Vegas, everything turns to gold. Everything. Anybody that moves there, the Raiders, the Golden Knights, it's just a hotbed for sports. Why don't we have an MLB team there yet? I do believe when the league expands to 32, whether it be a team – moving franchises to there or them being one of the expansion teams i do believe we will get one in las vegas and to answer your last question do we see an nfl style system i'm not exactly sure how it's going to work but i do believe we are looking at a complete and total overhaul of what divisions and and leagues and all that stuff looks like they're going to have to change it up the travel as of right now in major league baseball can be ridiculous for some teams including but not limited to the Seattle Mariners who have the worst travel of all. I do believe we're looking at a complete overhaul in the next few years in Major League Baseball. Yeah, I would agree. And I think your point on about Las Vegas, I lived there for two years when they brought in the Vegas Golden Knights and they announced the Raiders were coming. It's a very transient city. Not a lot of people are born and raised Las Vegas, but I'm telling you what, that city loves its sports, and they show out. They certainly do deserve an MLB franchise, and it's going to work there. It really will, whether it's the Athletics or someone else. Yeah. I think Vegas deserves it. Nashville would be so sick, though, too. That'd be so great. Transient, good word. Yeah, you like that? Next question. Okay, this one comes from something to do with Bitcoin. Uh, which City Connect uniform is your favorite? Oh, ho, ho. This is a good question, and I've been wanting to... We're going to eventually do a top five City Connect uniform uh, list, because you know I love lists, but what is my favorite? Ah, this is tricky. And this is coming right on the heels. The Padres City Connect uniforms haven't yet been revealed, but they have been leaked, and man, they are something. I don't know yet if I love them or if I hate them, but they are something. Which is my favorite? I really like uh, if I had I can't pick one right now. I love I love the um I like the Brewers new ones. I like the Angels. I love the Astros Space City ones. I like the White Sox, the South Side ones. Um what if I just named everyone here? What if I just said I like these, these, these? So those are the few that jumped out. I really like the Angels, those have grown on me. I really like the Astros. White Sox, Brewers, those ones are the ones that jump out to me. Padres, number one, hands down. Do you like them? 
I actually, I really do. I know we we have a lot of Dodgers fans in the house, and they're all very yeah. upset. They don't like him at all. But I think the Padres actually crushed it with it. Well, Dodgers fans get upset when you when you like anything that doesn't have to do with their team. So like, so this is. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that just I that got under the skin of some people back in the control room. But of course, Dodgers fans aren't going to like anything to do with the Padres. Okay, but I think we can all say, and I think Dodgers fans would agree here. Dodgers fans don't have the best city connect uniforms. They're just not, they're not great, but let's say that for another day. One on. more question. Let's take it. Last question here. Where do you think KD is going? Okay. Let's talk basketball. Well, welcome into flipping basketballs with Ben Verlander. We're going to talk Kevin Durant and where I think he is going. Um, where is KD going? This is tricky because I didn't even know he was going anywhere. I thought he was staying in Brooklyn. Uh, let's see. I think KD is going to go Jeremy behind the camera here. Our elite cameraman who's been wanting a shout out for a while now is going to get it because he's just shaking his head at me for being an embarrassment, I guess, to flipping bats at basketball, flipping basketballs. Um, I'm going to say KD is going actually, Jeremy, where's KD going? Oh, he's getting camera shy. Now. He is. He's getting he's very getting... camera shy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there he is. there's Jeremy, the cameraman. Um, I'm going to say KD goes. Is it like outside of the realm of possibility for him to go back to Golden State? Is that not happening? That's Did not that happening. Happen? But I will tell you, he's going to go to one of two places. Ready for okay. this? Yeah. Philadelphia, first and foremost, or Phoenix. Phoenix would be great. I'm going to say Phoenix would be good. I would also like to see him play with Giannis. I think that'd be cool, but I don't think they have I don't think they can do that. So I'm going to say I'm going to say the Suns. That's final answer. And that's also the final answer for this show. Um, quick second before I wrap up. This is episode number 100 from Flippin' Bats. I know I touched on it a little while ago, but I could go on and on and on thanking the people that need to be thanked to get here. But just to the entire Fox Sports crew, um, producer Conrad involved, producer Bartlett involved as well now, all the cameramen and women involved, the director, um, the, the social people behind the scenes, my bosses, I could go on for days. But this is truly special to be at 100 episodes and to have the guest list racked up that we have had. We've had Cy Young winners. We've had, we've had MVPs. We've had everything across the board. It has been special. But most importantly, um, this has been really special for me as well to be able to do this. I love the game of baseball. I love talking about baseball. And to have a show that I can now say is at 100 episodes, well, that's pretty cool. So thank you all for listening. Thank you for growing the game of baseball along with me. That's the goal here. It's to grow the game of baseball and to talk about how fun the game is. So if you love the game of baseball, like I love the game of baseball, let's keep listening. Let's update again when we get to 200 episodes and let's invite some friends to listen along the way because this show is special and it's going places because of everybody involved with it. I hope you all have enjoyed listening to this episode 100. Make sure you're subscribing wherever you're listening. Apple, Spotify, Google, all that stuff. Flipping Bats Pod. Also on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at Flippin' Bats Pod. You can also watch every episode on YouTube as well at Flippin' Bats Pod. This has been an absolute blast. I love the Thursday episode. Remember, Pablo Lopez interview of the uh, Marlins drops tomorrow, so make sure you listen to that. This has been an absolute blast, my friends, and I will see you tomorrow on Flippin' Bats. <laughs>